Hey, it's Chef Carla, and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast about creatives and entrepreneurs and how they show up in their real lives. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, health coach, and mama, and I'm also the founder of Poppy. It's an online co-working space, and you can find more information in today's show notes and find me at Chef Carla underscore C on Instagram. Today's guest is Pure Magic. Of course, we're starting at 1.11 p.m. Eastern Time, and her name is Dejal B. Patel. I have known her for ages in terms of the internet world. And we were talking just before we started recording this podcast about me joining her Facebook group. And I have literally no idea how I got in that Facebook group, but it was so nourishing and so supportive, especially when my son and daughter were very young. And I'm going to let Thajel introduce herself and how she serves the world. And I'm so grateful to have you here. I am so humbled to be here. It's such an honor. And it was real divine synchronicity that you found my Facebook group and we've stayed connected ever since. Um, But thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be here with you. And um, my name is Thajel V. Patel. I am actually a former divorce attorney. And I am now a certified mindful parenting coach. I am the author of the award-winning book, Meditation for Kids. And I'm also the host of a podcast called the Time and Talks Podcast. So literally, I shifted from um, helping families end their divorce, end their families and end their divorce to now thrive as families emotionally, whatever is happening, whether it's a divorce or anything, um, helping families, especially moms and kids, learn to navigate stress, learn to navigate emotions, learn to learn the ancient tried and true tools and how to infuse it into our modern day life. So I'm all about, I feel like I'm an old soul reborn here today in this world because to bring this ancient wisdom in a way that's accessible for us in this fast paced life that we live. I can't even I I can't even echo that enough because it really it really does fit especially with my children and we talked about this that my kids listen to your podcast on repeat to have your book like it fits into our life and it's really interesting that these practices these ancient practices can seem really abstract, but you make it in your keyword, I just want to point this out as accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, though I feel like I'm an old soul, I'm very playful. And I'm a, like, I'm very innately playful. And I think that's why my children myself, or like the kids that I worked with in classroom settings, I gravitate to that uh, demographic, specifically, because I made these things playful and really relatable. And the beauty is, is that for many of us grownups, meditation, yoga, mindfulness, we have this box of how that looks or how a person who practices those things looks and how their life must look like. And really, it's really opened up for parents as they practice with their kids. Wow, this is not daunting because it's playful. And um, I really designed it in a way that it's taking the actual tools, but making it fun and making it like taking all the pressure off. Um, So it's been so beautiful to see families practice and learn together. And 
uh, you shared your story with, you know, your daughter before we start recording. And it just, every time I hear these stories of like these seeds being planted, literally my heart wells up and I get tears in my eyes because this is the vision that I had this grand vision for the past 10 years that people in the beginning looked at me like, what are you talking about? Teaching kids how to meditate, teaching them how to breathe and be calm that they thought it was so far fetched. And now it's becoming globally mainstream. It's starting to pick up. So it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing to see. It's so incredible to watch it unfold, especially since I've known you for a while. It's just so beautiful. To, it's like literally like a flower coming open and it's, it's just so inspiring. And I'm just, I'm, I just can't, I like, I'm so grateful. Um, I do want to ask you a food question because that's my form of play and my form of fun. Yes. What was your last meal? So um, my last meal was lunch and it was um, avocado toast with fresh orange juice. But I will say, so I'm currently pregnant right now. I actually, there's two things that I actually despise, two things that I hate. Two things that I hate to eat are cilantro and avocados. (laughs) So it's for me, like I eat avocados because I'm pregnant, but the only way that I can eat it is like, so in the Northeast, there's a uh, grocery store called Wegmans. And so they have this basting oil. So the only way I can eat avocado is like, I have to put the basting oil in it, put uh, raw onions, heirloom tomatoes, um, salt, pepper, taco seasoning. I got to basically take the taste of the avocado out and like put it like, you know, this blend of like the savory, like Italian flavor and then grill a little piece of uh, garlic Tuscan bread. That's the way that I have. I know it sounds gourmet and fancy, but that's the only way I can eat avocados and stomach it. (laughs) So that's what I had. That sounds magical. And I do know I grew up in Rochester, New York, where Wegmans originated. Yeah. So I, am, <laughs> I am all about this garlic Tuscan bread. If anybody can get yes. their hands on this loaf. Oh my gosh, this sounds delicious. This sounds really And the Wegmans good. basting oil. It is like one of like my go-to ingredients. It's so good. Like roasting veggies or, you know, like the avocado. Like that's the only way I can stomach avocados is if I have it in that. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to try it. That is so beautiful. What does a typical day look like? And I am sure because you're an entrepreneur, you're a mama. I have no idea what your day would look like, but I would love to know, just take a glimpse into your world. What does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So um, as a student um, and teacher of like Ayurveda, which Ayurveda is the ancient holistic um, medical health system, which is the sister science of yoga, which helps us understand what keeps our body in balance, whether it's, um, you know, stress related, food related, it's just a whole lifestyle practice. And so as moms know, like there's no consistency and stability in life. And right now, especially like with the pandemic and kids like, you know, going to school, hybrid school, what are, you know, all those different variables. Um, you know, for a long time, I always like wanted like a set routine, like this is my routine because I thrive under like consistency, but I've really learned to embrace, um, that each day is going to be exactly what it needs to be. And the structures that I do play is like actually called the Ayurvedic clock. So basically there's different energies 
during different parts of the day. And so when we align with nature to do tasks that are working with our natural energies, we're going to be more productive. So for example, like naturally our energy um, in the morning hours between two and six is Vata, which is the creative, which is like more, um, you know, like your airy and like so I try to right now when it's winter it's hard to wake up before six in the summer it's easier but I wake up by 5 45 and I do my meditation so I just sit up in bed and I'll do my breath work it's just easy it's cold so I'll just do it right in bed um, but I like to get some I embrace that stillness and that silence even if it's for three to five minutes and typically that's it's no more than seven minutes of like me sitting there and doing a breath work just to kind of awaken myself and just kind of um, absorb the calmness. And then um, at six, I do like my routine. So between um, the six and seven mark is like my time to get ready. I'll do some movement. So the three M's that I always try to incorporate in some way, even if it's just for a minute, is movement, um, mindful breathing and meditation. And so that move, that breath work could even be like if I'm putting makeup on and I'm like shifting my breath pattern. So I fit it in in whatever way, but those three M's and like on a given day, if I can't like go on my treadmill or do a workout, I will just do 15 jumping jacks or I will do just like a few yoga stretches just for a couple minutes, just something to move the energy in my body. Um, I'll do, you know, like I'll do a tree pose while I'm brushing my teeth, you know, so I incorporate it whatever way I can in the morning. Um, and then between the hours of, um, you know, seven to nine is like when that's like the morning rush of getting everybody to together and out the door. And then so from nine to 10 is my time to get menial tasks done. So in the morning time, um, it's not the best time to be the most creative. It's like our mind is just kind of waking up. It's coffee hour. So it's like, you know, doing tasks that don't require much of our mental uh, bandwidth. So paying bills or folding laundry or doing dishes. So I do all those things in that hour, checking emails, responding to emails. 10 to 2, that's like my that's pizza. So that is when you're fire, when you're energized, that you're going to be the most productive during that time. So I make sure that my workday is between those hours and my phone is as far away as possible um, so that I can be as productive. And then my um, my prep time for dinner is between two to three. And then at three, I get my kids. And from three to seven is basically then um, just, you know, dinner, kids, all the wind down period. And then from seven to nine um, is time with my husband, downtime. Um, I try not to, I used to do work at that that hour, but I realized that I get overstimulated before bed. So I really um, made it a point where that's just like, if I have to check an email or respond back to something, just keeping it light. So I really, you know, there's so much in, um, you know, uncertainty in my day, but that's kind of like the formula based on the Ayurveda clock of how I kind of like bulk my tasks based on those hours of the day. That is beautiful. And there's so much to take in. I am curious, do you have a resource or a blog or even a podcast on this? So that yeah, I do. That are interested? Okay, perfect. I do have, I actually um, have a pr- like this beautiful printout that I did. Um, I wrote a blog on this. This was maybe like a year ago that I wrote a blog and I have a printout so that 
Um, you can follow along with the different time periods, you know, because they're four hour periods when the energy shifts throughout the day and um, they go through the cycle two times. So then you know exactly like what's the energy that high energy, low energy, what kind of tasks that you should be doing. Um, so you can certainly, you know, I can give you the link for the blogs if you want to share it and um, people can get access. To, it's a free download. Amazing. Amazing. I will definitely put that in the show notes. I want to ask you, and you're talking, and I feel like this directly leads into how you show up in the world. And this is the name of this podcast. And this is why I named this podcast, because people talk about showing up. They talk about showing up in business. They talk about it in entrepreneurship, in motherhood, in spirituality, like in all these different places but they often don't define it. Mm -hmm. How do you show up in the world? And it can be anything. It can be with your family. I mean, you've literally with the clock just laid out, laid it all out. So I'm really interested in your answer. Yeah. So, you know, recently I read this book um, from someone that I love. Her name is Sahara Rose. She wrote a book called Discover Your Dharma. And, you know, many of us who are on this path of like trying to fulfill our purpose, whether it's, you know, whatever profession we're in, or we have this thing that we want to do in the world. And I knew that obviously, I mean, I left my career, corporate career to do this. So I definitely knew that I was following the path that I was meant to do. But I took a quiz. She has like this Dharma archetype quiz. And the top three archetypes that came up for me, it really solidified because I had names for exactly what I do and how I show up. The first one is teacher. The second one is visionary. And third is nurturer. And so that literally, when seeing those three words, I'm like, ah, oh, that nails exactly how I show up. So as a teacher, for me, I am a lifelong student, but what I teach is exactly what I need. It's things that I've struggled with, things that I've made a mistake with, and why I'm so passionate, whether if it's mindful parenting or spirituality related. Um, you know, I recently did a podcast on manifesting and people like, you know, it blew up. It's because these are the mistakes that I made or the misbeliefs or what I had to go through and understand and unfold in my spiritual involvement. And I share it very openly. I share my mistakes, my struggles, my my flaws very openly because I don't get dwell on that. It's just that, okay, this is what I learned from it. And these are the solutions that I found that helped me ride through it. And so as a teacher, I started off as being a kids yoga mindfulness teacher in the classroom setting. And eventually that evolved. And I realized if I really wanted children to bring meditation and mindfulness and yoga into their life, Teachers and parents really need to practice and reinforce this because I'm only one teacher seeing a certain amount of students. And so I really wanted to make a grander impact. And that's where my visionary, uh, you know, that's where that aspect comes in that I really do envision um, through my book. The, the purpose of it was that I envision helping parents raise the first generation of mindful meditating kids. I believe that there is a way to systematically teach meditation, the foundations of it, like we teach the ABCs. And so I want to make it mainstream and just make it normalized that, yeah, of course, we expect our kids to brush our teeth. We expect them to learn the ABCs. Why can we not expect them that, yeah, they're going to learn how to take deep breaths and talk about their emotions and learn that when I'm feeling like this, I can move my body like this and it's going to make me feel better. Or, um, you know, 
this sort of meditation can help me if I'm feeling lost or confused, right? I need a I need a solution to a problem, how to tune in back to themselves. They don't need to forget it, like, you know, forget it. And then the sense that they come back to it in their adulthood, they can learn it and always have it be a part of their life. So that's the visionary aspect of it is that I teach what I really strongly believe that I teach my own kids, but also what I need to learn as a parent, a human being, as a soul. Um, So it goes kind of beyond that. Um, And the next thing is really um, vision for not only just kids, but also for moms and women, particularly all my clients, even though everything that I teach is universal. It doesn't mean that you have to be a mom or you have to be a woman. It's just that I feel like I, I'm so closely linked with moms because that's the journey that I'm on. And also, um, you know, I, I grew up having a really, uh, tumultuous relationship with my mom. And, um, I learned a lot from that discord and I really use that challenge to help me be a better mom myself, but also help moms understand that it's one thing that we want to be our best version of ourselves. And we all do. When we're moms, we're like, we have this inner drive. Like I want to be the best version because I have these eyes that are watching me. But learning how to invest in our personal development and our spiritual growth, sometimes there's a disconnect there where it's like we have the excitement to do it, but when it comes to investing in our personal development, our growth, it's either like there's a guilt or I, you know, my I can't invest money in myself or I can't take the time to invest in myself because I need to give to my kids. I need to make sure that the roof, there's enough money for the roof if it needs to be changed. Um, and then there's also this inherent fear of sometimes I notice where we feel like when something's not tangible, we don't know if there's like the return on investment on spiritual growth or something that is personal development. And so I really, I my goal is taking that initial inspiration and that drive that a woman or a mother has, especially, and really translating it into a transformation by investing in yourself so you really are accountable. You really take action so you can really see those changes and feel the shift in your life. So that's another big component for me because I know there have been times that I'm like, you know, I don't know if I can invest in myself, but the the times that I have have been the catalyst of the greatest growth in the shortest period of time. So that's another big um, way that I show up through my coaching or my online courses. But specifically, I've been focusing more um, on my one-on-one coaching because I like working and connecting with moms specifically and make them feel seen and heard. And it's so, so rewarding and healing for me to be able to have that connection. And I think um, the last big idea of what what my big desire is, is to reshift our viewpoint and stance on how we handle stress. So up until now, we look at it as like 
we're managing stress. How can we manage stress? And the reality is that when we get stuck in a mindset of managing stress, we focus on all things outside of us that we need to manage our kids. We need to manage our jobs. We need to manage our schedule. We need to manage our finances. And we think of all the external things that if those circumstances change, then our stress would change. And really, when we look at it from that lens, we become powerless because we have no control over any of those things outside of us. And when we recognize that stress is simply, and what we learn in our Ayurveda is that stress is simply um, like a red flag, that there's friction in our system. If you look at it, um, like if we are iPhones, and we are, we're these sophisticated technologies like iPhones. And if you don't charge your iPhone every day, what's going to get hap- What's going to happen? Your battery is going to get depleted. You're going to run out of fuel. You're not going to be able to function properly. And that's what we're happening. We're not fueling ourselves. We're not charging ourselves consistently. And so what happens is we get to a place where our battery is on red mode. And that's when our app starts glitching. That's when our phone starts shutting down. That's when our mind starts shutting down. That's when our nervous system starts shutting down. And we're not aware that when we learn to manage our energy through the tools of breath work and moving our bodies in a specific way, we're moving out energy, the stress, the friction, we're creating more lubrication within our system. We're recharging ourselves. And this is not something that you charge your iPhone once a week. It's a daily thing and you fit it into your schedule as often as possible. And so for me, it's like not just focusing on the heat of the moment of, oh, I need to do something. I need to fix something. I need to find calmness. It's how to trickle in those moments and those practices throughout all those 23 other hours of your day. So that in that moment, when you do feel triggered or your nervous system goes off, you're more trained and capable of staying in control, staying silent, staying um, contained in your energy. So those are my three major ways of how I hope to serve and how I show up. I feel like people need to rewind because it's just, there's so many gems within what you said. And I feel like, especially with moms and kids, and I can say this because my journey is as a mother too, that you have so many tools in your podcast that explain things, even in your blog, that explain these things that we're talking about in very simple, very easy, very accessible ways that not only my kids understand, but it reinforces my own understanding. And it helps us throughout the day, like you're talking about, you know, we have stress or we have challenging moments. And even my daughter, and we talked about this before the podcast started, she will have a challenging day at school and whether she's home or actually physically at school. And she will ask to play your growth versus fixed mindset podcast. And it's incredible because as she's almost six, as an almost six year old, she has the knowledge that, okay, I'm really stressed out or whatever. She's not using that language, but Mm -hmm. she's stressed out. And she knows that by listening to that podcast, that's a tool for her. Yeah. How incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why I wanted my son and my son loves to do that too. But like the podcast that you're referring to is my son is basically doing the talking for that and sharing about growth and fixed mindset. And I will tell you, I've learned so much myself 
about growth mindset that I never knew. So I think it's remarkable that your daughter at age five is like, I need to have a reminder of that. I need to have that. It's soaking into her subconscious. It literally is because it's becoming a part of who she is. And when she faces any challenge in the future, she's going to be able to come back to that. Okay, like how do I harness my growth mindset in this situation? That is so amazing. I'm like, I'm so humbled by that. Well, thank you because it's, you're you're sharing the work. That's that's why. I want to ask you, and this is this is also a very important question. What do you do when you don't want to show up? Yeah, this is so so important because there are times that you have to be introspective because you know I'm someone who's like on Instagram, being a content creator, on a podcast, you know, doing these different things our energies go through cycles of times where we need to be introspective. And so what that really means to me, and I'm, you know, I'm an introverted extrovert, so I do need a certain dose of alone time every single day, but there are times that I need extended and I will delete all social media from my phone. I will just, and I do it, you know, actually I realized that I wanted to create more boundaries with social media. I actually delete the app. I only allow myself to be on there two times a day for 15 minutes. I will put a timer on. I'll only go on when there's a specific purpose. So in the morning it's to, to post and to respond to email or messages. And then the evening is just to, to respond to comments and to engage. But I only give myself 15 minutes each time at morning and night. And then I delete the app from my phone because I need to create space. Um, and that also means physical space from my phone. It is, I've realized that it is such a habit. You pick up your phone and you're, I'm like, how is my fingers knowing where to scroll without my brain even like tell it's scrolling to social media. It's scrolling to email. It's like, I don't even really want to go on there. So for me, um, you know, when I, I really make those times every day where like my phone is away in the drawer, not in my physical presence. And I will see myself like trying to grasp for it. I'm like, it's not here. So it's like, it's, you know, I have to train myself to do that. And then there's a lot of times where just like extended detoxes. I, again, stay away from social media and, um, you know, my husband knows that I need some space. So like, he'll take the kids and, you know, give me like a couple hours just to myself. And that to me is like, I'll do whatever I need to. If I need to nap, I'll nap. If I need to read, I'll read. If I need to binge on a show, I will binge on a show. But it's just whatever I feel like in the moment. Um, But I think it's necessary to keep like, don't let that be a luxury of getting that downtime to check out, like, make it something that's more consistent because it, I realize as I did it more consistently, I realized that we really do need time away from our electronics specifically. Just even physically being by them drains our energy, even if we're not on it or consuming content um, because of the nature of having a phone or a laptop. So I think physically creating some distance from it um, really helps us recenter and ground in powerful ways. This is so beautiful. I delete apps on a regular basis, actually almost daily. And people laugh at me because I'm like, we have no control over this. Yes. And when we admit it, when we can admit it, like no matter how mindful we are, it is just hardwired that our fingers will move faster than our mind. And when our mind gets sucked in, it's really hard to get it out. And I don't think there's any shame in admitting that. And so 
I love that you're another act leader too, because it's actually been one of the best things that I do because it's no temptation then because it's not there. Um, so yeah, I think we do need to set these boundaries and it's okay if we get a little, you know, we have to get a little creative with it. Um, it's good for our mental health. I love that. I want to ask, how can we work with you? How we can support you? Where can we find you? And also, if you want to add anything else, and I think, oh, actually, I did want you to add something else, because you talked about manifestation on your podcast, and specifically about your daughter and pregnancy. And I want to link this in the show notes, but the way that you explained manifestation was so accessible. I would love if you could just chat about that for a second. Yeah, sure. So, you know, like many of us, like we entered the whole manifestation law of attraction with like the ask, believe, receive, like this very simplistic viewpoint. And that's exactly how I entered too. Um, you know, nearly 10 years ago, I read The Secret, like so many people and, you know, it, it was my entry point and I think we all need an entry point. But that journey of manifestation really evolved for me. And, you know, it's always when we think about big things that we want to manifest, whether it's like a relationship or a house or a child or you know it's like when we get into that energy of something that like okay I really deeply desire this and so I for me in my life one of the things that I had always deeply desired was having a daughter because I briefly mentioned that I always had a very challenging relationship with my mom so I never had that uh, feminine um, connection, like really from like a real deep bonding, um, whether because I don't have a sister and, you know, I certainly have great friends that I've, you know, met throughout the years, but never that real foundation. So I always um, wanted a daughter and I have two boys. And so, um, you know, of course, it's a 50-50 chance anyways, but <laughs> but I I really had to do a lot of work about letting go of the idea of what that meant for me. And so for some people, this might sound really ridiculous, but it was a grief, even though, um, you know, like when I found out I had my second, was having my second son, I only thought I would have two kids. So I was like, I had to let go of this idea of what I envisioned my life to be and kind of let go of this idea of having a daughter. And so this really put me on this journey of really understanding what manifestation is and what's, when we talk about raising our vibrations and what does that really mean? Like we hear it, it sounds lofty, it sounds great. And so few of the, the big ahas that I learned on this journey is that whenever we're in a state of wanting or wanting to manifest something, we have to get very clear about how we're defining and the expectation that we have of this future thing bringing us happiness. And there is, if we get you know, we get really, really crystal kid. There's some expectation that we have that, you know, we anticipate this because there's some future happiness that we don't currently have right now. And so what I realize is the true essence of manifestation, why we have a desire is because our soul's here to grow. It's here to evolve. And when we have that desire, it gives us that fire under our butt to really like, let's work out these patterns that we have. Let's work out um, these limiting beliefs about what our true power is, who we are, the self-worth, how we define happiness outside of us. How can we feel like true fulfillment and happiness in this moment, despite what is 
manifesting around us. And it's like really gets you humble that even if I didn't get what I want, can I be okay? And when you can start getting into the energy vibration of this moment is enough, I am enough, I have enough. And you get to the place where when you think of that desire that you want, that would be such a cool experience to have. And if it's for my highest good, I trust that it's going to happen. But I'm happy as I am right now. And you let it go. It's like, it's not that you don't desire things. It's just that your energy around it shifts. If it's meant for my highest good, then I will, it's going to find you. You're going to, you're going to attract it, but it's not you're chasing whatever it is. And it's not like you're thinking your way to whatever it is that you want. And so that podcast is one of the most downloaded because it really has just so much nuggets of wisdom of how to reshift your um, viewpoint, your energy around law of attraction so that when you actually, if, if you manifest whatever it is and it comes in physical form, you are going to walk away like, thank God I didn't get what I wanted when I initially wanted it. I am so grateful for this journey that I went on of evolving that this is what it was meant for. The journey was actually the reason why you have this planting of a desire and it takes time. We have the gift of time in the physical realm because we get an opportunity to work through all this. That's why it's not instantaneously like this, like in the other realm where we think of something and it manifests. It's we get this opportunity to really grow and stretch. Um, And so I would never take away that period of time and you know, as I worked through that and I released it, I started this past summer getting visions of the soul who was wanting to come through. And um, it, you know, I can say this to you, but it was, you know, my mom, my mom had a miscarriage when she was younger. And I always had a guardian angel who was my sister. She was supposed to be a girl. And I, I've known this many, many years, but like, she's always, I knew that if I had a daughter, that was the soul that was going to come through. And she kept coming through to me in the summer. And I told you that, you know, it's, it's been hard for me to get pregnant. And I, my husband are like, okay, we're going to give ourselves this year because I, you know, I'm almost 40. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And within, you know, it was very quick, you know, got pregnant and, you know, found out it was a girl. And, you know, it was just one of those things that I almost like, ah, it was, it happened exactly when it was meant to happen because I healed myself of my relationship with my mom, but also any expectation and attachment that I had about having a daughter and what that really meant. And it was a lot of work, but it was the most beautiful work. So I highly recommend that episode. It was, it was such a beautiful divine channel download. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm just, I'm just blown away by Oh my gosh, I'm I'm like emotional with your story because it's just so incredibly beautiful. I would love to know. We're gonna definitely put that that show in the show notes. And people, please, if you're if you're down to the end of this podcast, go listen to it because it is such a treat. And Theta, where can we find you? Where can we work with you? Where can you know? We get your book. How can we support you? Yeah. So my website is thejalvpatel.com. So it's my name and everything is there. So, um, you know, my podcast, you can listen to it, you know, everywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's called the Time and Talks podcast. Um, my book, um, you can purchase it, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, 
you know, target. But if you want a personalized copy of the book, you can actually go to my website. I love doing that, writing a special message to your kids in the book. And I give some additional goodies um, uh, for kids to like help them, you know, get inspired to meditate. And I also have a deck of affirmation cards that um, go along with the book. So you get some additional stuff if you do purchase it, a personalized copy, but you can certainly buy the book anywhere you normally buy books. Um, And Instagram is, it's my hub where I share um, tips. I like to be vulnerable. You'll see me behind the scenes. Um, But my podcast is really where I give like the download of information. And also I do one-on-one coaching um, with moms who are interested in diving deeper. And I also have tons of online courses. Like if you want to teach your kids meditation or mindfulness and you don't know where to start, or if you, um, you know, want to build mindfulness into your life and you don't know where to start. So there's tons of online courses as well too um, on my website. This has been incredible and and just such, it's just such an honor that you came on and I can't wait to tell my kids they are literally going (laughs) to lose it. (laughs) So sweet. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, thank you. And everyone that's listening, please, especially on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. If you are on Instagram, you can tag myself, you can tag Dajel, um, and we can continue the conversation. All of today's info is going to be in the show notes, and definitely head over to Thajel's podcast and go give it a listen. I am sending you and yours love. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.